0: Welcome to the Tiki Talka podcast. I'm Holly Williams. When I die, I want to go to the zone. Oh my god!
1: I'm Jeff Wall. You got a buzz, god damn it! I'm Spandy Arberaheini. Wow, now I'm tied for guests.
0: We like to dive a little deeper than the beautiful game itself. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Tiki Taka podcast. We are back and we are back with our Tiki Taka dream teams. The the finale of this series, uh, so we'll call it. We've already done Serie A, we've done the Premier League We've done La Liga, and now we're going to do three remaining teams uh, from various different leagues. Well, two from the Bundesliga, one from Ligue 1. That's right. We will do Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, and PSG as the finale to this transfer series because sooner than we think, Jeff, uh, the leagues will be back up and running. We'll have a lot more to talk about. We've just kind of been taking it a little uh, easy this summer, doing a little fun stuff instead of the serious stuff so I can't wait for the leagues to start up again so we can start really diving deep into the game like we like we always do
1: yeah I was just about to go into withdrawal syndrome to be honest with you you know it comes around that time especially you know with uh, not a ton going on for the most part during this transfer window and uh, now football's almost back it's just right around the corner and I, I can't wait
0: Yes, very, very exciting stuff. And and kind of like what we, we predicted, the transfer market is uh, heating up just a bit. Still nothing huge, um, especially for uh, Premier League teams, I would say. Um, no big moves have been kind of happening. Just lots of rumors as we know it, and a lot of things happening in other leagues. Um, but we will start off with Bayern Munich, like I said. Um, for me... Bayern Munich, the three teams that we're doing today, um, I didn't change too too much. I'm going very realistic in what I think will happen um, this coming up season. So for Bayern Munich, they did make a lot of uh, moves, especially out. They have a lot of players who have left the club, whether that is on loan, on a free, um, due to retirement, or you know, just kind of cleaning house, I guess, which is kind of what they needed in my opinion. So. Um, for what I have for Bayern Munich, nor your net, I don't see a change there. I have, so I have, I know we have a little different thoughts here. I have Kimmich as the right back, uh, Sula as a center back. I still have Boateng starting as a center back, at least for the beginning of a season. Um, I know they acquired Lucas Hernandez. I just don't, and for quite a sum of money, 68 mil. But I don't think he'll start right away. I just I also don't think he will be on the bench for a long time just because 68 is a lot to sit on the bench. But um, moving on, I have Alaba left back. Um, classic. He'll never change. He's very, very good left back. Um, as for the midfield, I kind of have like a flatter midfield, but I do have Goretzka kind of sitting a little deeper maybe as a single pivot. Um, and then I have Serge Gnabry... Muller kind of in the middle, but obviously we know that he can kind of play. He links up well with Lewandowski and kind of sits just beneath him. I have uh, Thiago and then Kingsley Coleman, and then obviously Lewandowski still as the lone striker for uh, Bayern Munich.
1: All right. So I have a few different thoughts on this one, Hall. Uh, For one, I just think that Bayern Munich have spent too much on these center backs. it's kind of partly the reason why it's kind of hard to even come up with transfers for a few of these teams because they've already done so much business, and they were like some of the first teams to do a lot of business. Uh, they got the two I'm going to start with, so obviously Manuel Neuer, still on goal, still one of the best keepers in the world uh, for sure. As many criticisms as, that as have come his way, I still think he's one of the best. Uh, I think Sula's still has got to retain a starting spot there, but I've got um, the formation switching to... A three four three because I believe that that's what Nico Kovacs likes. Uh, that's what he used at Frankfurt. So over the three three year period, that's what he used the most. And I think that's what he's trying to do. I think he's trying to convert to that and switch to the system that I think he's most comfortable using. So, like I said, I think you they invested in those guys. They they paid for those guys early on, secured them early. So I'm going to have besides Sula in a three back in a three center back system, Lucas Hernandez and. Pavard was both beside him. Pavard did play right back at the World Cup, but it was mostly a holding kind of position, and he's mostly a defensive kind of uh, uh, right back, I would say, for the most part. Obviously, he scored that wonder goal, but I do think that he can slot in there pretty nicely. He handled Lewandowski a couple years ago, uh, sorry, even just a year ago in Stuttgart, and then Lucas Hernandez, obviously, ever improving. Could potentially be a left wing back if Alaba ever does fall off and I could see him slung in there really nicely but for now I think we'll have him at uh, a center back spot beside Sula at least to get him some experience for now and like I said unless he falls off I don't see him moving so David Alaba still up there as the left wing back in this one. He's going to be really important, just like Joshua Kimmich, who is on the right side of the formation. So these guys are going to have to do a lot of work, and they're two of the most dynamic and diverse uh, fullbacks in in the world right now. So it's a pretty pretty good spot for them for sure. And then uh, I've got a two man midfield of Leon Goretzka. And Thiago there, so Goretzka can be kind of that guy who, I believe, his best skills are probably actually you know his long range shots and, and things like that. It's to, for, for me, it, it's kind of hard to place him in any like specific midfield spot. He's kind of a little bit good everywhere, but not great everywhere. Uh, and Thiago, obviously, probably the best midfielder right now at Bayern Munich. And then we have. Leroy Sané going to Bayern Munich, and he could start. He could start really anywhere, basically, on either either wing, and same with Kingsley Coman or Sergio Gnabry. But I do have Leroy Sané starting because I just think he's so, so good, and he would be so good in the system. And, of course, uh, Lewandowski will be the starting striker, and then, uh, yeah, I guess I would most likely assume that Kingsley Coman is going to be starting majority of those games unless something dramatic happens. I guess we'll do our friend S's team, who unfortunately cannot be with us, but we will do his teams nonetheless because he put the effort in. So S has Manuel Neuer in goal. He has David Alba as the left back, Joshua Kimmich as the right back and a four—sorry, I should say a a four— a four-four-two 4 2 formation. Uh, he has Lucas Hernandez and Pavard starting, so no Sula in, in uh, the back line there. He has Thiago in midfield, Martinez also midfield. He has Sanchez. Renato Sanchez is the right wing. Pretty interesting, s yes? <laughs> Pretty interesting. I wonder what he's thinking there. And he has Kingsley Kaman on the left, Thomas Müller alongside Lewandowski. That's pretty interesting. Um, I mean, I don't think Müller necessarily does doesn't want a starting spot, but it's tough to see where they would put him over other guys that are so talented in this team and other positions. But I see your thinking there, as I think, like Holly said, you know Muller can link up so well with Lewandowski. It's it's hard to take him out of a spot there, and he's like one of the most experienced players on this team. And likelihood is he's not going anywhere for sure.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere soon. But and he is to me like a good a good player to have as a sort of backup um, for a couple positions that, that might be. And, and I think what Bayern are obviously trying to do, like I said before, is clean, really clean house. And um, I think, you know, they've kind of disappointed in recent years. Um, well, especially last year at the beginning of the Bundesliga season and then in the Champions League. They're always expected to go so far and – you know they came back at the end of or mid to end of last season of the Bundesliga to to get the title but you know the beginning was very unconvincing and and I think that was due to a lot of a lot of the fact to the squad that that they have but then Nico Kovac kind of not knowing what to do with them but I think this year he really will
1: well, I think for sure you're, you're right about that. And, and they did a really good job rejuvenating, I think, for the most they part. They did, yeah. They, they really retooled the, the team. And obviously some younger players are starting to step up and get better and better as, as time's gone on. They still, they, Obviously the team's not perfect. And you know with uh, FFP rules, it's very hard to completely rebuild a team like you might in FIFA or something like that. But I think that they did, for the most part, a really good job. The one thing I'll say about mine is you could poke holes in it is that if they have a three-center-back system and somebody goes down... Or, or you know, like it's if he wants to stick with that, then it's going to be hard to keep that with not a ton of depth there. Assuming, like, let's say they did keep Boateng or or tried to, or to get someone to step up, maybe Martinez steps into that role because he's played there before. But that's the one thing you could say is that they wouldn't have a lot of depth at center back if they played all three guys. So it it could be tough. Also, there's a chance that Kimmich could even play in midfield potentially if they want him to. Like he's that versatile. He could, so yeah. It's it, it's a very it's actually for the most part it's a really versatile squad that can change up a lot,
0: which I think um, maybe the beginning we, we will see that, but then I think they'll find their system pretty quickly. We'll move on to the second Bundesliga team that we are doing for this series: Borussia Dortmund. Again, I kind of went really realistic with this. They've already done quite some business um, at the beginning of the window, and I don't see them doing much more. But again. Um, I tried my best here to kind of stick with what I believe that they would do. So, obviously, we still have Berkey in net. Um, I have Hakimi as right back just because of how well he did last year. They still have him on loan from Real Madrid for one more year at least. Um, We know the returning of Mats Hummels. I think he will get a starting position at center back alongside Akanji. Um, Then we have nico schultz slotting in at left back right away just because that is what they got him for um rafael guerrero to me is more of a, a midfielder than a than a, a left back a fullback so i think and that's kind of what they started to do. at the beginning when they first got uh guerrero they were kind of slotting him there in a three in like a three center back so he was kind of like the fullback playing in the middle situation but tracking back quite a bit i don't they, they kind of learned their lesson with that um, over the past few seasons. So Schultz at left back. I have Axel Wetzel um, in the middle kind of as a defensive mid alongside Delaney and Julian Brandt. I have them slotting in uh, in the middle as well. And then I have Thorgen Hazard taking the left wing position. Marco Royce as a false nine-ish in the middle. And then I have Brune Larsen as right back because if you all remember – I said that Sancho was going to Manchester United, so I can't have him on this team. Um, but luckily for Borussia Dortmund, they do have quite a few wingers for both left and the right side, and they do have a, a few strikers as well. So what, so this is just kind of my guesstimate of what will happen, but they're lucky that they can their whole front line can really interchange and intertwine uh, quite some bit. So don't be surprised if Hazard cuts in the middle, if Royce cuts out. Larson, vice versa, even for that goes for really all their, their winger type players that they have and that they've obtained for this season. So, um, I'm very excited to see this Borussia Dortmund team. They did great business at the beginning. Didn't really spend too much, um, on three players in like amount of two days, um, that being Schultz, Brandt and Hazard. I think, um, Brandt especially will go, um, it's kind of like a low key signing that is like really, really good. Uh, I think it'll kind of, it, it's kind of gone under the radar now, especially cause it was uh, a couple months ago now that they acquired all these players, but I think it, it's really good to do business early and they did it the smart way. So, uh, I think it'll really help them this season to make an, another push for the Bundesliga title and maybe actually win it this year.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, like you said, Holly, I can't see much changing. Obviously, Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich even to a certain extent, you know, even though Munich's such a popular club, they don't really necessarily have the crazy amount of funds other teams might have. But they have spent a lot, and they, I think they've spent it really, really smartly. I can't see a lot of changes coming in this team. I actually don't really see them bringing in any other players to be honest with you, I think their squad is set. And they did a really good job getting in there early and, and doing everything that they need to do really, really well. So I have Roman Berkey in goal, of course. Nico Schultz on the on the left wing-back spot or left-back spot, if you like. Uh, I have Lucas Piszczek only because I feel that the injury to Hakimi is pretty severe and that he won't come back for a bit. Although if he did come back, you know... Feeling fit, feeling good. You know, he's got a very athletic, um, a very athletic style. You know, he's incredibly fast, and you know it's going to be hard for a younger player to adapt to that very quickly. But hopefully, if he comes back fully recovered, he would totally get that right back spot for me for sure. Uh, and then in center, in the center back spots, I have Mats Hummels slotting him beside Manuel Kontr. I think that's a really great partnership because Hummels, I think, has to be a starter. He's still one of the best center backs in the Bundesliga. And Akanji's really on the rise. He's doing really well, and Hummels can really teach a lot of these guys a lot about like the leadership. You know, you know, obviously he's a World Cup winner. He's uh, he's won with multiple times with Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund as well. So, you know, he brings so much experience to this team, and I think that's really really great for this team for sure, uh, especially to help a, another guy like Akanji, And there's so many great center backs on this team that he can help push on and, and learn from. Uh, and then of course, I think this i think well I'm, I'm pretty much going with a 4-2-3-1 here so i see a double pivot of delaney and whistle still sticking around although it could switch to a 4-4-3-3 four, uh, four, three, three, possibly but i see that as kind of this this is probably the strongest formation for them i have julian Brandt as an attacking mid again though holly you said this can change i really think it can i have thorgan Hazard on the right and i have Rafael guerrero on the left left wing spot because Like you said, I don't think he's very good at left back. I think he's – you know, I don't think he really has – he's kind of injury prone, so you don't really want him sprinting up and down, right? Yeah. So – and you want to be focused on what he's good at, which is mostly creating and and scoring and things like that. So I think a left wing spot is good for him. And to me, uh, since a rumor also just came out about uh, Mario Gutz potentially leaving Borussia Dortmund with a year left on his deal, it's hard to imagine him staying. And they don't really have a great striker – a great scoring option other than Marco Royce. So to me, I think he has to be either a striker or, like you said, Holly, maybe a false nine. Paco Alcacer, I don't know if he's really a starter. I think his, he has uh, fitness issues that won't allow him to have that starting low. But yeah, for the most part, this is what I think. Like you said, though, Holly, this is another team that could change a lot. You know, Marco Royce could be a, a 10. I think likelihood is that he has to stay in the middle because. I think his injury worries would kind of make uh, Lucien Favre want to keep him in the middle for the most part and not make him do too much work on the outside and keep him keep him kind of central to the attack. Brandt could be a midfielder. He could play wing. Hazard can play even possibly as a false nine as well. Um and then Guerrero could also slot in as a center mid if they want to add extra depth at that position as well. And then, like you said, you could have Brun Larson coming up as well, who also had a really good season, but I don't think he's quite ready. He's not quite better than Guerrero if, if he's healthy, I think.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting at the beginning of the Bundesliga season to see how Dortmund and Bayern um, play with their squads a little bit, tinker things, and um, if it's anything like last season, a very exciting start for Dortmund that gave a lot of people hope that they would win the title. Um, I think it could be, you know, something very similar next season or this coming up season, I should say, sorry. But uh, I don't think, I think Byron will be closer on their tail than last season or vice versa. Like it'll be very, very close um, right from the beginning, I think. But it'll be very interesting to see how each team plays with their squad a little bit.
1: The um oh yeah, sorry, we'll get we'll guess we'll get to S's but we should talk maybe a little bit about the Bundesliga generally and how there's a chance that one team may actually catch up a little bit to them, I think. But we'll get to S's team first.
0: Yeah, we'll do S's team as well. So um uh he had a pretty similar team to both of ours. Um Berkey obviously in goal, Hakimi as well as right back, Hummels, Akonji and Schultz as the back line. Um, he has a double pivot of Witzel and Brandt and Gotze as the attacking mid, um, and then he kind of has Sancho, Royce, and Delaney as uh, the front three, which is which is interesting.
1: Yeah, S-Dykes, those defensive midfielders and wingers. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty interesting, Give, giving them extra cover up, up top. I, I like his thinking. He's he's forward thinking. You know, we all we all think it's crazy, but you know what? In the future, we're going to see a lot of defensive mids on the wings. I think.
0: Yes. Before indeed. you know
1: it, but I think well, the one thing obviously, versus Dorman is clearly lacking as a true striker. I think Royce at this point is really good as a ten. You know, Hazard more or less is a, gr- a great winger. Brent, I think his position is a little bit for debate, but he's definitely not a striker. Alcacer, we already, we already talked about him, and then Goetze possibly on the way out. And again, not really necessarily a true striker. He's more of a false 9 or 10 or, or a midfielder. So that's the one thing that I think might hurt them is they don't have that true number one option to go to. They have a lot of options, but nothing like that clinical goal scorer like Lewandowski for uh, Bayern Munich. The one... Possibility, though, that they may have challenging them, though, in this season, especially if they don't lose a lot of players, which I kind of don't think that they will at this rate, is RB Leipzig with Julian Nagelsmann coming in. You know, he he brought up the the uh, uh, Hoffenheim. the Hoffenheim the Hoffenheim team up from basically nothing, made a lot of players look way better, like completely overperform where they probably wouldn't have put players in spots that they haven't played before, and. But he, but he still like used the skills that they had and that other managers might not have allowed them to use. So with this Leipzig team that has constantly new young talent coming in, even Dortmund might be in trouble. They could potentially lose a second place spot, and who knows? Maybe Leipzig could be that surprise team. So. They could be the potential Dark Horse. We didn't really see much point in putting them uh, in one of these lists because, again, we don't really see them making too many moves, but that's a team to really look out for that I'm sure we're going to be talking for in in, in the season coming up.
0: They did actually just acquire Ethan Ampadu, my Welsh brother, uh, on loan, which I think obviously he's kind of just more for depth, but um, smart moves by Leipzig already. And I did actually—that's a good point. I, I really I forgot that Nogglesman was moving to uh, Leipzig just because it happened. I believe in January it was announced uh, this of this year that he would finish the season with Hoffenheim and uh, and then join Leipzig at the start of the new season,
1: he which is brought, interesting. And even brought them to a Champions League spot in one of his first seasons. He's a very young manager, lots to learn, but. You know, you, we, I mean, if he can do that with Hoffenheim, who knows what he could do with the third-place team already in the Bundesliga.
0: Yeah, so it'll be very interesting to see what uh, what happens in the, in the Bundesliga this season. I do think it'll be um, pretty exciting. But we'll move on to our final team of this series. That'll be P, PSG. So um, the PSG has made some moves. This summer, there's still kind of no sign on what's going to happen with Neymar. We've discussed this a couple times now. Um, He, I'll just say it to you right now. He's not in my starting 11 at PSG, and I look over at Jeff's. He's also not in Jeff's starting 11. So I guess you get a little clue on what we think is going to happen.
1: Um, You know where he is, Holly? He's in the doghouse.
0: He's in the doghouse. That's right. Um, Yeah, he can stay there for our – for for now for this season until he learns his lesson <laughs> <laughs> um so we know that buffon went back to uh, juventus um kind of accepting a backup role which you don't really see too often so who i have as their goalkeeper right now is just Ariola. um it was he had a lot of potential and then he kind of went downhill for a little bit but you know Depending on what PSG do with their back line, which I think they have, they do have a decent back line, especially with some some players they've acquired this offseason. Um, I do think that, you know, it could maybe improve him a little bit. I do have Kier as the right back. I still have Silva and Marquinhos as a center back pairing. And then I have Juan Bernat as the left back. They do have quite a bit of depth, though. They did just get, um, from Dortmund. They have Krozzawa as a left back. Um, They still do have Mounier, but I had him on a different team, so that's why I didn't have him as a starting position. So they do have quite a bit of depth and some decent defenders in their lineup. Um, It was heartbreaking to see Ander Herrera join PSG, but I do think he he will fit quite well there and kind of maybe fill some gaps that... um, that PSG have in the middle. So him and Verratti I have as as a two midfielders. I think they can link up well. Um, Verratti, he has very good ball movement. Um, uh, I do have Sarabia, the one they just acquired from Sevilla, kind of as uh, the center attacking mid. And then I just have a front three of Mbappe, Cavani, and Di Maria. Again, that could be very interchangeable, um, all three kind of moving around. But I do think... Ultimately, Cavani will be their striker, possibly even playing um, with a 2 strikers, uh formation, him and Mbappe, but no Neymar for me.
1: Yeah, no Neymar for me either, and although I do th- see him in the doghouse probably for this season because I don't see people or I should say um, teams really wanting to uh, – Pick him up at this point, and for the cost that he that he that he would really that they'd have to pay for him, I don't see him really starting. uh, But I also don't see him leaving. Now, keep in mind this is supposed to be fun, so I did add a few players, which you know they probably have to do some some work there with FFP rules and things like that. But I have Donnarumma coming in at goal. He was he's been rumored a few times to go to PSG and a few other teams. He said I think he's unsettled at uh, at AC Milan. And I'm sure that they don't really want the massive wages they have uh, on their books anymore. So I could see Don Ruma going there, potentially even just late, like, kind of like a late transfer for them. Uh, I do have uh, Thomas Tuchel using a back three because he has tried to kind of shoehorn a lot of team, the, the past few teams into that system. So Dortmund and even PSG at times have he's tried to do a lot of three at the back uh, systems with wing, with wing backs and so on. So I have Samuel M. Titi moving over there. So I think it could be a really, really good uh, partner with Kempembe, who I think is really on the rise, and I think he, he should be the starter there personally. I think together, you know, there's way too many French center backs, and I'm sure they've all played to get beside each other a few times. So I think that'd be great. And even DeLoe potentially coming up, in the future I think could be great although I do see Marco Silva being the third center back there I think his leadership I feel like that the fact that he's the captain it's going to be pretty hard to to move him out of that spot and he can still do a pretty good job back there and especially with those two covering for him I think that'd be great um at left back I think or left wing back if you like I've Juan Bernat over there on the left side uh Care on the right I think he can do I think he's got a long way to go but he t- to me he's really there Probably their only option. We'll see, though. We'll see what happens, though. Tuchel's pretty weird. You never know what he's going to pull out of there. Uh, I have Pardes, uh, who they re- acquired uh, from Zenit in the winter window, and a lot of people are really, really high on him. Uh, he's one of the better holding or regista kind of midfielders. Verratti, I could see Verratti starting. I feel like talent-wise, you got to assume he starts. But Ender Herrera is so versatile, I could see him eventually getting over him. But the only, and the only reason why he wouldn't be in the starting lineup is if the next guy I have isn't there. And now, be, now, this is supposed to be fun. Now, this isn't necessarily 100% that fun for me because I do think that he may go. It's Paul Pogba, though. And they did try to use Neymar as a 10, but I think Paul Pogba is a way, way, way better 10 than Neymar is for sure. And, of course, you got to think of the fact that he could be combining with Mbappe and Cavani. You know, in 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 Lagoon. and I think he would just be so good in that spot. The stuff that he could do, almost like as a, a weird front three with with you know the ten the ten and the hole kind of thing. I think that would be a really interesting combination. Again, they'd have to probably break the bank for him, but you know what? I think it'd be so cool. And I also think that it would be something that would get Neymar to stay and maybe reconcile his differences with PSG. You know, if another big superstar came there.
0: Yeah, it would kind of be pretty heartbreaking to see Paul Pogba uh, just leave United in general. But um, I think no matter where he goes, if uh, I think he'll be successful, in especially with another French connection, uh, him and Mbappe would be would be good to see. It'd be really cool. But nothing is better than him and Martial. No. Um, we will move on to S's team now. He too had Ariel on net. He had uh, Dagba as their right-back. He's kind of like their younger um, backup right-back as opposed to Munier, Silva Marquinhos, again, as the center-back pairing. And he has Kempembe on the left. Um, then he has Herrera, Verratti, Sarabia as well in the middle. And Mbappe as the striker. Di Maria on the right. And Draxler on the left wing.
1: Yeah, those are all pretty pretty good shouts for sure. Uh, Draxler's one of those confusing players. He's got so much talent, but he never seems to get anything going. And it always seems like he's possibly on the move. You you, ne- you never really know with him. But yeah, all those are really, really um, good shouts. I mean, it is kind of hard to see at this point them changing their team too much. But I thought I wanted to have a little bit of fun with PSG, and especially with a few players on the outs and obviously being the French capital, like... There's got to be a few players that might want to play there for sure, and especially reuniting with that French national team, right?
0: So to close off the show, we'll just kind of uh, recap some recent transfers that did happen that we know happened, um, and ones that we've kind of been waiting for all summer long, that being Matthias DeLitt finally choosing um, his team in Juventus. No surprise there, really. It kind of, to me, was dragged on quite a bit. But he was saying that Ronaldo told him to come over after the what was it the nations Nations League final Portugal versus the Netherlands. Um, there a there's a picture of them together, kind of talking after the game, and apparently that is when um, Ronaldo told him to choose Juventus. Which in my mind, I think he already had Juventus kind of locked in. Um, he only went for
1: uh, roughly uh, just a little under sixty, or uh, sorry, excuse me, uh, seventy. Uh, million euros, which was surprising because their supposed release clause was about 160, which w- that's what everybody was reporting. And I cannot believe it. He, I, and even generally, to me, he is kind of worth 100 million. For, I, like, although he's a center back, like he's got so many years under his belt that he could play. He's ever improving. He's athletic. He's great at everything you could possibly want him to do. The fact that he only went for sixty million uh, euros was just, or over sixty million euros was just crazy, like mind-boggling to me. When all the reported fees were over a hundred million.
0: Yeah, it's. Um, if anything, he definitely should have broken some sort of record of how expensive he 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 should have been. Um, Juventus definitely got a deal there. Because um, any other team, I I, I I swear they would be paying out the rear end for him. And and rightfully so. He should have been a lot more expensive. Like that that still boggles my mind.
1: Yeah, and even and it's just it's it is honestly it's it's pretty crazy that he went for so low. Like you said, eventus got a steal, uh guy that, you know, when kind of more of the established veterans lead, he could potentially be their captain. There is talk though that he may not stay there that long, that it's kind of just a stop for him. And I mean, you know, he's so that young. How, surprise me. Like how could you how could you stay at one club for that long? It'd be pretty it'd be pretty damn hard unless you're, you know bouffant but
0: yeah then. just realistically that doesn't happen too too much anymore um he may spend a good chunk there or at least till his early 20s and then kind of move on which I think would be the right move anyway uh, eventually you want a different challenge or different experience and rightfully so uh like I said before but also something that just kind of happened today a player that we've talked about a few times as well I believe we even Maybe talked about him during these Tiki Taka Dream Team episodes, but Nabil Fakir finally made a move from Lyon, but to Real Betis, and for only 17.8 million euros, which is, uh, that is, I don't know, that is very, very low for a player of his caliber. When he was rumored with Liverpool, like last year, he was, you know, Said to be around at least 50 mil, and that's reasonable to me. Um, But 17 is an absolute steal. They did also get his brother uh, from Leon to Betis, but his brother was free, which kind of just makes me feel that he was part of the contract somehow. I'm sure he wanted his brother to come with him or something like that. But that is just an absolute steal from Betis, who usually does very good business um, in these windows for – uh, players that you don't really think about, like Lo Celso. They turned Celso from PSG to Betis to a very good player that he was kind of living up to be, but he was only on the bench at PSG. So,
1: yeah, it's shocking. I cannot believe when I saw that. I mean, the fact he went up for under thirty million, under thirty five million. I mean, I know he's had some supposed injury troubles and some supposed weight issues, but man, his performances on the pitch show that he's a great player. And even like, I, I mean. It's not like he went to a Premier League club, but man, even going to La Liga, La Liga has got to have some of the higher wages out there to, to buy to buy a few players. And Betis has shown that too; they bought quite a few players. You know, they they don't mind splashing the cash. I cannot believe he went for so little. There might be, you know, it could be one of those situations where there's just a little bit more going on than than what we see most likely. And I guess the other thing we got to talk about though, Holly, is the shocking news that. Real Madrid are willing to let Gareth Bale go to Beijing supposedly on a free that they're so ready to get him out of the squad that they're willing to let him go for free which is just insanity to me like I think you gotta get something out of Gareth Bale but apparently they just really don't want him there I, 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 I have no words I have no words
0: yeah it's uh, you hate to see it is all I can say because a player like him um, obviously I've always kind of admired Gareth Bale making the move to Spain, um and just, you know, peaking for a little bit and then, you know, despite what people think of injuries and, and and all that stuff, and then, you know, maybe not really fitting in with Zidane's plans at Real Madrid, but that's just that's just a mistake that you can't make. You can't be letting go a player like Gareth Bale on a free to, uh, to China. I just, I I just, I can't believe it. And I've recently kind of been looking at his numbers, even at Southampton, Southampton, Tottenham and Real Madrid. He has amazing numbers. And I even saw a comparison of him and Zidane at Real Madrid and Gareth Bale did have better stats. Mind you, I know Zidane is a legend and, you know, they're really You can't really compare them, but if you're just looking on paper, like it was kind of ridiculous to see the comparison. But I don't know. It's, it's, it would be kind of weird to see, to not see Gareth Bale in Europe. But, you know, hey, why don't you come to the MLS? I'm sure the team would love to have you here. It'd be awesome to see him, you know, if, if this is a career ending move for him or a final stop for him, if China is just to break bank. And you know, maybe just for a couple seasons and then retire, why not do it in the MLS?
1: I mean the only thing I think is, he'll
0: tear it up either way
1: absolutely I think he'll tear it up in either 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 uh either country. I think in the MLS you know you could see him score maybe even like 50 goals if he plays enough games in all honesty like he's just that good and it's it's crazy that no one would be even that like that Madrid wouldn't even be willing to pay like you know let him go for like even 20 million you know just get something back they paid. Eighty million, And, of course, that was a long time ago before Brexit and things like that, that and all the inflation and everything that went on. But it's it's insane that he's going for so little, such a top-quality player. I mean, if he wants that money, more power to him. Supposedly, he would be the highest player in China. Uh, and I think the highest player right now, Lanzini, is making over 500000 uh, 500, a week. So he'd be making more than that. And maybe that's why MLS teams can't afford him. But you know, I don't think this will be the end of, end of him in Europe if he does go. I think
0: we'll we be back with another episode, maybe a bit of a more normal episode now that you know, like I said, things are dying down, the leagues are starting to pick up, and uh, we're getting really excited of a new season for all five leagues in Europe. We can't wait. So I hope you'll join us on that journey. We'll see you next time.